It's Tuesday, March 27, 2018. The implications of living in the nation's oil and gas capital became all too clear after Hurricane Harvey slammed Houston last August. Hurricane Harvey's toxic legacy, much worse than publicly revealed. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt gives another gift to the auto industry. Plus, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Massive omnibus bill has good news for national parks, firefighting, and a tiny village in Alaska. All of that surprising good news and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. This is all you really need to know about climate change. Number one, it's real. Number two, man-made emissions caused it. And number three, that's why women need to rule the world. (laughs) Man slam. This is your Green News Report. I'm sick of cleaning up after you guys. Okay, Desi Doyen, so the Hurricane Harvey response wasn't quite as impressive as Donald Trump pretended? Uh, Yeah, that's definitely the case. Six months after Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, Texas, and shattered the record for the largest single deluge ever recorded in U.S. history, a massive study of county, state, and federal records conducted by the Associated Press and the Houston Chronicle has found that Harvey had a much more widespread toxic impact than has been previously made public. The reporters cataloged more than 100 releases of more than a dozen toxic chemicals and carcinogens that were released into neighborhoods and waterways. Yet officials at the time assured the public that the post-storm pollution posed little to no health threat. The analysis found only a handful of these industrial spills have been investigated by federal regulators and state regulators have taken no enforcement actions at all for these toxic releases. Mm. Meanwhile, a heads up, Bloomberg News reports that Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Scott Pruitt will soon begin the formal process of aggressively weakening fuel economy standards that were set under the Obama administration. This would be for new vehicles starting in 2022 and to which automakers had already agreed to do back in 2012. I guess this is because Trump voters enjoy paying more for their gas? Yes, apparently so. These standards would have decreased air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions and saved consumers money, but now they won't, thanks to intense lobbying from the U.S. auto industry. And Pruitt also indicated that he may try to strip the state of California of its special waiver to maintain tougher air pollution standards under the Clean Air Act, which a number of states have also adopted. California is not, you know, the arbiter of these issues. The EPA, the DOT, and others make those decisions. California uh, contributes as well, but that that shouldn't and can't dictate to the rest of the country what these levels are going to be. I feel like I remember this story, have seen it before, uh, that this is what happened when the George W. Bush administration came in and they challenged California's more stringent environmental protection standards, and they won at the time in the Supreme Court. We finally turned that back, but now it looks like the same old fight again. That is exactly what happened in the past, and it looks like the federal government now is going to participate in switching the rules back and forth and back and forth again. And if you have any questions about this, go see the movie Who Killed the Electric Car? We had an electric car way back in the 90s called the EV1 that everybody liked who had one, and the Bush administration helped kill that. And, well, everything old and stupid 
is new and being done all over again, I guess. Meanwhile, Trump's Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke has launched a new outdoor recreation advisory panel to make recommendations on public lands policy, and he's stocked it with industry representatives who have a financial interest in public lands. Washington Post reports that many of the 16 members of the new committee come from the motorized recreation vehicle industry. Other members have advocated for privatizing park services, while others represent companies with National Park Service contracts. Not on the advisory panel are anyone from the Outdoor Industry Association, which advocates for non-motorized activities like hiking and kayaking. But finally, some good news. The massive $1.3 trillion omnibus bill that President Trump signed last week over his own objections not only retains the current budget of the EPA and retains clean energy policies as is, it also includes a big boost to the budget of the National Park Service to make much-needed infrastructure repairs. Also, a boost for the Forest Service's firefighting and fire prevention budget, which has long been sought by conservation and forestry groups in the wake of record wildfire seasons across the nation. Also in the omnibus bill, and also very good news, a tiny town in Alaska that is threatened by climate change has finally received some federal funding to relocate. The small village of Newtok, Alaska, has been losing 70 feet of land every year due to sea level rise and coastal erosion. Congress has now appropriated $15 million to begin relocating Newtok to a safer location nine miles inland. It's only a fraction of what's required to relocate the whole village, but it's a start. I'll take it. For much more on all of those reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. <laughs>